Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Wednesday the 7th of July. You're listening to Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Don't forget, you can watch the show live. We're streaming right now on YouTube and on Twitter. Coming up, the government has been accused of delaying Freedom Day properly after revealing that fully vaccinated people will still have to follow self-isolation rules until August the 16th. Uh, That could mean an extraordinary 4.6 million people having to self-isolate by the start of August. Meanwhile, the number of pupils forced to miss school in the last week because of Covid has hit over 600. 100,000. It's the highest since classes went back in March. And tonight, as if you didn't know, England are set to face Denmark in the Euro semi-finals at Wembley, with victory securing them a place in a major tournament final for the first time since 1966. Come on, boys. 6.34 is the time. This is Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very, very, very much indeed. Well, we're going to resist the urge to talk about football the entire time. I've got my lucky flag ahead of the uh, the uh, match tonight. Uh, I don't know about anyone else who's a bit bleary-eyed this morning uh, after uh, staying up for the, uh, the, the Italy-Spain game and uh, those uh, penalties. Oh, let's hope it doesn't go to penalties tonight. I don't know if my nerves are going to take it. Um, but uh, we'll be talking about that throughout the show with people who know, frankly, far more about football than I do. So don't worry, it won't just be my witterings on that subject. Uh, An awful lot to talk about in terms of uh, where we are on self-isolation, school bubbles, travel, quarantine and all of that and plenty other stories besides the mask rules, of course, as I just mentioned, Pepita, ongoing. But uh, joining me for all the chat this morning, Benedict Spence, Conservative commentator. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. How are you? Um, very, very well indeed, apart from the lack of sleep. I dread to think what stage I'm going to be in tomorrow. And I'm hoping it's going to all be worth it uh, live at Wembley. Um, I mean, there's so much important stuff to talk about that affects our economy and our lives, our freedoms. Let's talk about the football uh, just for a little bit. Um, uh, we, we had the first uh, semi-final last night. Uh, Italy beating Spain uh, 4-2 on penalties after a one-all draw at ex- after extra time. Looked, I think, a closer match than many people had actually predicted. But um, most people I know were saying before the match, well, you know, they'd rather face Spain in a final if we get through Denmark tonight. Um, but actually, after that performance last night, I'm, I'm thinking we might, might be all right with Italy. What do you think? No, I think the difficulty is the way Spain play football is they keep the ball and that just it, it just absolutely drains your will to live. So uh, wh- whatever way you want to look at it, you know, Italy, Italy, I think, are a better team than Spain. But I ultimately think we have uh, more chances, certainly at the very least of a more entertaining game playing against Italy. You know, the neutral 
as if there are any neutral England fans. We'll certainly enjoy that if we get through against Denmark. Uh, but also, I do think that there's just the style of play that, that Italy have. They let you attack them. They let you come onto them. That, I think, suits England a lot better. England's strength is all up front in their forwards. So, actually, I think it's a much more... You know, Italy, I think, are a better team than Spain. But, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. Actually, in many ways, we'd probably rather be playing Italy in a final than having our souls drained <laughs> by watching the Spaniards <laughs> just keep the ball for, for 90 minutes. Yeah, in terms of the, techni- the technical play, I think I think Spain would do better last night. But um, we're going to be talking to lots of uh, top former England footballers, including Matt Letizia, uh, on the show a little bit later. And um, I mean, there is just there is just so much hope. It's all over the front pages. You know, even the. In the serious papers, uh, I've, 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 I've cut it all over the front page. Uh, but I mean, I mean, the Sun always does this stuff really well. The Sun bring home the bacon, lads. They got a slice of white bread with the bacon <laughs> rashers on. I mean, it just it doesn't work. There is there is a real thing. I mean, gosh, if we we hadn't been going through what we've been going through the last year and coming out of a lockdown, like um, I, I think you know, the, we, we we this would have just been going crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about. I, I mean, are you old enough to remember? I don't think you are. Ninety six really was extraordinary the atmosphere in the country um and and i i haven't i haven't felt it until this week that, that we've we've got that because people have just got a lot more freedoms now and a lot more positivity that we're not going to be stuck in this forever and that the government has seen sense in terms of uh, issues in terms of look we've just got to get back to normal life we've got the vaccine this is as good as it gets gets get back to normal life as soon as possible and frankly take our chances which is what we should have done uh, way by this time last year um and um there is there is a lot of positivity and and it, this is it's really nice to have something that we can all focus Focus on that isn't a five o'clock press conference with the prime minister telling us to all stay in our homes. But you know, twenty million people watched the last England game. I have a feeling mm. it's going to be even higher tonight. Oh, absolutely! It's a, it's a very cathartic experience. I think watching the England team. You know, not just play. It's not like they're just lucking their way to this no, stage. Exactly. They're actually doing quite well. Um, oh, the only thing I'm not getting. I'm. I'm still now not getting too ahead of myself though because. No. This is still the England team. And, you know, if we were playing Italy in the semi-final or Spain in the semi-final, I'd be saying, do you know what? They'll be up for it. This will be great. The fact that we're playing Denmark, the, you know, the, the smallest of the four, who also just happen to be the form team and every neutral's favourite. Yeah. And a small, you know, and a small Scandinavian country, given what happened last time we played Iceland in the Euros. Yep. It's kind of made me sat here going, I'm not going to get ahead of myself until we are in that final. Until we're 2-0 up, I, do, I never relax. Yeah. Again, after Saturday's experience, it was actually a pleasant experience. And this was... I mean, for any, I mean, certainly like watching my my fourteen year old and she had a, some friends over and and just the sort of you you don't know what this like. This is actually a pleasant experience. This is a whole new thing. This is a whole new enjoyment <laughs> for us. Um, let's talk about um, the the other things that are going to be uh, changing in our lives. You never know. You know, England winning a major tournament could be something. We just got to get through the small matter of the match tonight first. Um, but um, let's talk about self isolation. Um, Sajid Javid, the health secretary, just a breath of fresh air uh, in this government. Uh, and really has changed dynamics in terms of uh, what what the government's sort of aims are and, and I think really bolstered Boris Johnson's spine, something that was definitely needed in terms of standing up to the doom and gloom scientists who will always say, well, more people are going to die. Well, yes, they are. We've got a horrible, nasty virus. Yes, more people are going to die no matter what we do. But let's let's not all focus on dying and let's focus back on living for the 99.9% of us who aren't going to die, to be honest with you. But um, the self-isolation rules are the next big uh, battleground. Um, uh, basically, as of the 16th of August... 
how that date was plucked out of thin air, I don't know. Uh, the double jabbed and under 18s will no longer need to self-isolate for 10 days if they come into contact with someone. A simple um, PCR test to show that they are negative will be enough for people to get back to after September school and college, uh, but also uh, to get back to work. Um, this, as the, the health secretary predicted, that we would see cases rising, not just the 50,000 a day that were predicted to be happening by 19th of July, but even up to 100,000 a day. Again, if they are not translating into widespread hospitalizations and deaths, then I'm sorry, you know, this, this is this is what we're going to have to learn to live with. But um, the Adam Smith Institute has calculated that this would mean by the start of August, so just a few weeks time, uh, we could see four and a half million people being forced to self-isolate uh, for, well, mm. from, from work uh, uh, and uh, and their, their families. Um a huge number of people in this country are being affected by this. Do you think the government's right to delay that self-isolation rule being uh, being freed up? Or do you think they should, well, frankly, just do it now? Well, I'm glad to hear you singing the praises of Sajid Javid, because as well as moonlighting as a football commentator, um, you know, I, I also do a little bit of politics and have been you know, <laughs> touting him as a potential successor to Boris Johnson, ahead of everybody else for some time now. And you're right. I think he's come in. He's made a lot of the right noises. But people, I think, will be a little bit confused i think to hear that okay well we need to get back to business we need to get back to life oh but by the way there's still going to be some some rules around self-isolation what i suspect this probably is is a nod in the direction of the scientists and sage who as we all know are very aggressively pushing for us not to reopen at all yeah really and an awful lot of the population is still in favor of keeping a lot of these rules and i think that this is uh, what I would say is that this is probably the government doing expectation management and doing this with a nod to the people who, you know, we've got a lot of people who are very sort of vehemently against lockdown measures, but we've also got an awful lot of people in the population who are very, very aggressively strongly pro. Yeah. And this, I think, is an, an attempt at sort of mediating that situation, not going, OK, well, we're not going to reopen every... You know, it's a negotiation. Say, but basically, yeah. this is the thing, is that, you know, Boris Johnson stood next to Chris Whitty on Monday night, and Chris Whitty said that he endorsed the changes. No way in the world could Boris Johnson do that press conference without witty or violence by his side because everyone would go hold on a minute why aren't they there uh, mm. and then they would be asked the next time do you agree with these things, these measures or not Chris Whitty's endorsed it but there's clearly been a tip yeah. that right okay we do this you need to endorse that all right you can have that but do you think the government actually thinks we need to have those self-isolation rules because Sajid Javid was pointing out you know actually it's allowing more time for double jabs but also you know there is a feeling that well cases are going to keep rising but they could rise even more if we did not still have those rules. But then I think, I do wonder, I mean, if millions of people being forced to self-isolate in the summer uh, from work, mm. not able to, not able to, you know, the whole family not able to go on a holiday. I, I live in fear. We're supposed to be going away uh, on Saturday. I, I'm, I'm terrified of, you know, someone getting a, the, the wrong, wrong PCR test result, even when I know they've not got COVID. Someone, and my daughter getting pinged, half the class is out already, and she or her friend getting pinged, and then, you know, what do we do mm. then? And, and you know, and and you know, taking off the travel list, you know, the amount of things that can go wrong, the uncertainty that families are living with, let alone businesses, are huge. But crucially, it's hospitality and the art sectors who fit out at this. And Tory backbench MPs complaining on the basis that most of their staff won't be double jabbed. So even after the sixteenth of August, uh, that's uh, that's not going to be the case. But performers as well. You've got a situation. Mm. Yeah, open up the open up the the, the theatres and all all of and, and the bars properly and, and nightclubs. Um, one member of staff gets gets pinged uh, or gets. Uh, does actually get a case um suddenly you've got like the entire cast of a theater troupe off and you've got a you've got a bar closing down so i mean this is going to make it really hard for an awful lot of businesses to actually function yeah. 
Oh, it does. It, it's not. It is not the most pro-business or society-friendly move. I don't think anybody would suggest that it was. But it is, I think, politically the most astute move. In that, you know, I just don't think mentally, I don't think an awful lot of people are ready for just you know the the, the return of all of their freedoms. Which it's I fascinating, think says an awful isn't lot it? About, yeah, it says I mean, an we have a real. We are in serious Stockholm t- uh, syndrome t- uh, territory here, aren't we? People literally, lot, yeah. and it seems to me it's the people who sort of hate Boris Johnson the most and hate this government the most. They think they're evil, horrible Tories and the like. And at the same time saying, please tell me what I can do in my home. Please tell me whether or not I can have five or six friends over. I mean, I think it's really weird. Well, this is the thing. It crosses over into the political beyond just, you know, the sort of the fear of the virus. And that, you know, when there was the announcement that mask wearing would no longer be mandatory, I saw a lot of people. And I know people say Twitter isn't online, but it does uh, isn't the real world, but it does become the real world after a while if left to go unchecked. People saying that wearing masks would be a sign of resistance. And you think, well, therein really is it's the same language that the Democrats were using to Donald Trump. Resistance to what? You know, if this is about the virus actually you want to do what the most sensible thing is in terms of public health. But this is an overtly political statement. Yeah. And that is why, sadly, I think the government, no matter how much of a breath of fresh air Sajid Javid is, they are still having to play politics because a lot of people really are under the sway yeah. uh, of political arguments, not public health arguments. Uh, they, they really are, aren't they? We are going to be uh, talking to Professor Carl Hennigan, uh, Professor of Evidence-Based Medicine at Oxford University, about the evidence for masks. I mean, I'm amazed at the people who make the argument to me about masks. Because my thing is like, you want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. I mean, I, I think if you're wearing a mask and you're not legally required to, frankly, I think you're weird. I, I just think you're weird and strange. Human beings would not have survived if they needed to wear a mask. There's no animal in the animal kingdom that wears a mask. There, there's a clue we've developed to survive. This idea that, oh, well, I, I can avoid having colds and things. I mean, just, just literally wrap yourself in cotton wool you may as well go live in the way in the matrix just you know have yourself plugged in and live in an egg i think it's a really really strange way to think about your life um and, uh, and again it's not the same as wearing a mask if you're a surgeon they do that for different reasons and even in southeast asia where people wear masks it's about pollution not about disease i mean the masks on the boxes they actually say on these that, that these do not protect you from covid they actually say on the outside of the boxes there's a reason why if masks actually worked if they actually were convinced about it they would actually have some regulation of it you have to regulate everything else that's sold as a, a, a medical item they're not regulated the fact that you can put on a little bit of cut up t-shirt or tea towel on and you're allowed to wear that tells you tells you that this is a measure that was brought in to reassure people um and, and back last uh, last summer and and actually um it's actually had the exact opposite effect it doesn't reassure people it keeps people in a state of terror and it's quite bizarre people want to carry on wearing masks they can but um, the, you know, the evidence is, is really quite poor. And in my view, um, the bars and the restaurants and the clubs and everywhere else are going to be much more fun places without those people if they're too afraid to go. But there we are. Uh, we'll look at all the front pages in just a few more moments and we'll talk about more of the big stories as well. Uh, and uh, we'll get a, uh, a look at the latest travel as well. Uh, 6.47 is the time. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.